welcome back to the Innovator Podcast, the female entrepreneur series that dives into the stories of how women founders tackled hardship and difficulties to ultimately find success. My name is Erica Sullivan, and I am the host of the Innovator Podcast, and today I'm welcoming Anna Cantwell. Anna is from Los Angeles, California, and is a soul coach and meditation teacher for spiritual women who are ready to feel their best, free their mind, and feed their soul. In her own healing journey, she has triumphed over an eating disorder, anxiety disorder, chronic pain, sexual trauma, and depression. She's a faculty member of Mind Tribe's online school of yoga, where she leads mindful performance coaching. In addition to hundreds of hours of training in meditation, yoga, and a master's degree, she's committed to continual growth. She receives coaching from a spiritual mentor and a business mentor and takes courses to learn all she can to support her ever-transforming clients. Anna, welcome to the Innovator Podcast. Hi, Anna. Welcome. How are you? Hey, Erica. I'm so happy to be here. Just this gorgeous, sunny LA day and chatting with you. I am super excited because I know there are so many people who have been stuck at home for weeks and weeks and months at this point, and your background allows us to bring a little bit of calm and relaxation to the episode. Absolutely. I really, I can't think of a better time for everyone really just to focus on your mental well-being, your mindset, and really just how your heart is feeling. Yeah, I completely agree. I think some people went into quarantine thinking that it was going to be a quick, short fix, and they're they're having to kind of readjust right now. You know, what might have been working for them a couple months ago isn't anymore. So this is the perfect time to talk about, um, you know, your soul coaching and your training and really all the work you do. And what I'd really love to do is for you to start us at the very beginning and kind of take us through what your early life was like and how your story has evolved to get you where you are today. Mm, absolutely. Yeah, starting at the beginning is helpful. I was born and raised in Nashville, Tennessee. And when I look back at the way that I grew up, how I was raised, it was with a lot of love which is such a blessing. And I had a lot of time to myself in nature. I was really immersed. We kind of lived in the suburbs in this little valley and had a big backyard with a creek and a, a forest. And that was where I spent most of my, my time as a childhood, as a child. And my parents, um, they raised me with a a strong emphasis on service and giving. And that's absolutely something that has stuck with me from then. I think some of my earliest memories as an elementary school child were my teacher having maybe an issue with, you know, a kid who was a little more rowdy maybe a little more energetic and saying, Anna, can you just go out in the hallway and teach this kid? Whatever, whatever the lesson was that day. So some of my earliest memories are really teaching because I think that people could sense in me, there was a patience and an understanding, an empathy and a sense for how people 
learn. Now, I will not say that I, you know, came out of the womb, this is kind of Buddha, this really calm person. In fact, it was quite the opposite. Even though I had a really wonderful family, I struggled with anxiety pretty early on, starting in middle school, lots of pressure, feeling feeling pressure at school, having anxious thoughts. I remember just feeling like my mind was this just washing machine that always was running and running and running. And I started to really have some have some challenges. I had some chronic pain. Um, I grappled with an eating disorder when I was growing up. And these things, thankfully, led me to seek some therapy. And in therapy, as as early as I can remember, you know, age 14, 15, I began to unpack this anxious mind that I had, this really highly active mind that I had. And to see and start to connect how my mind was so active and my stomach was hurting. And I remember learning this and it just absolutely changing my perspective on everything that your stomach has more neurotransmitters in it than your brain. And after bouncing around to doctor after doctor after doctor, trying to figure out what is the deal with this chronic stomach pain, you know, I'm young, I'm healthy, I eat well, these things, um, I began to realize that it was really the mind-gut connection and that my anxiety, my stress, these anxious thoughts and feelings, that that was what was causing me so much pain in my stomach. And it wasn't until a couple of years later that I really started to get into yoga, which is when things really shifted for me. Yoga was the space where I could be present. And in college, you know, I um, was a very active student. I worked several different jobs at once on top of being a student, on top of being a volunteer. So I was always busy and, and ambitious. And I think that absolutely got the best of me sometimes. I think it it certainly didn't help the anxiety or the pain to be busy all the time and pushing myself. And really the main time when I felt free from that was in yoga class. So I felt like there's really something to this. Now at this time, you know, college was a was definitely my darkest space. It was the anxiety, the stomach pain, plus some trauma, some acute trauma that I experienced while I was there that it left me feeling really depressed. I took, you know, a mental health underload. I was taking less classes. I had to quit some of my jobs and really just focusing on, on barely making it through the day. But at this time, I it really, really brought me to my knees. I felt so strongly that the things that had happened to me, the people that hurt me, that I needed to stand up for myself, 
that I needed to seek justice and that I, I really also needed to move on. So once I did those things, and it was, of course, a long and drawn out and arduous process, I said, once I graduated, I am done. I'm done with this painful chapter of my life, and I'm going to close the book and move forward. And moving forward is going to look like continuing to, to process my trauma and really just take the next step in my healing journey. So I decided to, I moved to Houston, Texas. I was at school in North Carolina at the time. And I made this big move to Houston because there was a graduate program that I really wanted to take. It was for getting your master's in teaching. And this really interested me because I could take this master's program at the same time that I was a full-time teacher. <laughs> Yet another example of my kind of craziness of always really wanting to work really, really hard. And in this space at this time that I knew I needed yoga really more than ever. It was my saving grace working, you know, 12, 14 hour days, getting up at five in the morning, teaching hundreds of kids every day with very little resources in, um, you know, an underserved community and being in school full time. It was so much stress. And when I found a yoga studio, I remember there was a teacher at my school who said, I want you to come to this yoga class with me. I think that you'll really, really love this place. It's right up your alley. And I went, I started practicing there. And I started to get really consistent with my practice. I participated in a bunch of these 40-day challenges, and they included practicing five to six times a week. They had meditation, and this was the first time that I started meditating. And gosh, I was awful at the start because I had never tried to really sit, be still, be silent with myself. And these experiences left me really uh, hungry for personal growth and development. I thought, how freaking cool is it that these people get to teach yoga and lead these groups of you know hundreds of folks in personal inquiry and asking the deep questions and creating a life that they love? Those experiences were were really some of the most absolutely valuable and, and integral to my growth. And I remember very vividly at, I think this was my, my sixth of these challenges that I participated in. And I had never stood up in one of the meetings, which were usually like 75 to 100 people, and shared. I had never shared in front of the whole group. And that day, just something came through me, something came over me, and I stood up and I just declared in front of everyone, I am moving to LA. I had had enough and decided that the path that I was on was not the path that I wanted to continue to go down, and that this was, there was really something here for me. There was really something here uh, in the yoga, in the personal development, in the meditation. My friends around me looked at me like, what, you're moving to LA? Everyone is shocked. And I just kind of laughed to myself and said, yep, I, 
I just decided right now. And really that moment changed everything. A few months later, I met the woman who would introduce me to my yoga teachers, Stan and Christina, and they had a yoga inspired coaching company. They did teacher trainings. They had a nonprofit that taught school teachers to become yoga teachers. And it was just the, it was the perfect thing. The path totally was laid out for me. And when I first met them, I knew I was like, what these people are up to, that's, that's what I am about. They were so happy. They were so fulfilled. They were creating so much transformation in other people's lives, including my own. And just to see a clear example of that, I was like, that's what I want to do. When I was a school teacher, I, um, I was so, so frustrated because my energy was completely depleted. It's a very broken system to be a part of. And it really, I was just pouring from an empty cup. I had nothing to give and I was, I was trying so much to give and it wasn't really getting me anywhere. So making this, this switch, this huge change to fill my cup first, to take care of my own physical health, my own well-being, and, my, and take ownership, really, personal responsibility of my healing made all the difference in the world. My chronic stomach pain went away, which was just one of the greatest gifts of my whole life. I, I thought that I was going to be in pain just forever. And I was no longer depressed. I started to get my anxiety really, really under wraps with this whole meditation thing, with breath work, and really by rooting out the, the kind of weeds, the inner beliefs that inhibited me on a day-to-day -day basis from being happy, fulfilled, fully expressed, aligned, soulful, all of that good stuff. So the day after I finished my yoga teacher training, I moved to Los Angeles. And that journey in and of itself was an incredible one. There were so many special points along the way that I felt, wow, I am really provided for, I'm really supported, and I am on the right path. I have really found something. And right away, when I, when I moved here, I started teaching tons of classes. It was a really interesting transition. And the yoga studio that I was teaching at, um, a really incredible place, so much growth occurred in that container with mentors and workshops and books. They held a meditation teacher training. And after I took that training, it just got me a little bit closer, a little bit closer to, to what I really wanted. And this whole time, Dan and Christina, my yoga teachers, were mentoring me. They were coaching me. Um, we held a training out in LA that I assisted with that was for school teachers out here to become yoga teachers. And the magic really started happening. It, I felt on a daily basis, waking up so grateful that I could 
make my own schedule, <laughs> pay my bills, work when I wanted to, and do something that really had a massive impact on people. I started working with private clients and developed a really strong practice of holding space for people to open up to the greatest version of themselves, mm -hmm. to open their eyes to their soul's purpose, to what it is that really lights them up, to not just work on the mind and not just work on the body, but really to unite those two with the spirit. And that really, that really brings me to where I am today. It's such an incredible journey to be able to lead group programs around mindful living, to work with my VIP clients, to have my Facebook community. And it's just, you know, I still wake up every single day, just like, wow, this is, this is the dream. This is the dream that I set out to create. I was in, <laughs> I was in the pool earlier. And I remember the very first time that I was in this pool. And I was like, this feels just as magical as the very first time. Mm. I the first day I was in my apartment. And it's I'm so, so grateful to everyone that supported me along the path. And, you know, of course, there have been times when, you know, you have doubts or you think, holy crap, am I crazy mm -hmm. for doing this? And it's just all worth it. It's so, so worth it to be living in alignment with the things that I value the most, to be offering, you know, high, high service to the people that I work with and to just to live the dream. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, talk about a transformation. I mean, going from having chronic stomach pain and doctors not knowing what to do to, you know, where you are now and waking up every single day grateful and fulfilled. I mean, talk about the ultimate goals of life to find your self-fulfillment and, you know, live a life where you feel like you're truly aligned. Absolutely. I could not agree more. And, you know, I, I felt so strongly when, when those doctors were telling me these things, I just refused to accept it. I just said, that's not going to be my future. I refuse. And, you know, as with everything that I do, it was a really multi-pronged approach. There was a time when discovering essential oils was really, really crucial to my healing process, to my physical healing. There was a time when managing the pain, the physical pain that came with my stomach pain and, and with my cycle meant I finally stopped taking boatloads of ibuprofen. I was taking so much ibuprofen as recommended by my doctor. And that was tearing apart my stomach lining, my gut lining. I stopped taking that and I started using cannabis and CBD to manage my pain and really discovering that those things, yoga, breathing, meditation, inquiry, you know, singing, chanting, just the things that my soul was really longing for and the, the expressions of self-love that I required united 
my my mind, body, and spirit to to work together instead of just being so disjointed and misaligned. There is a quote on your website that is one of my all-time favorite quotes from Maya Angelou that says, nothing can dim the light that shines from within. And I was going <laughs> to ask you to talk about the importance in your life, but honestly, I think everything you just touched on shares why that's important in your life. <laughs> Absolutely. It, I mean, that quote changed everything for me. I remember meeting, um, I, I read that quote and it just, it hit me. It landed with me in a new way. And I felt like, wow, nothing, none of the trauma, none of the pain that I've experienced, uh, none of the anxiety, the depression, the challenges, all of that, nothing can dim the light that I have to bring. And that's what I bring to others is helping them see their light. I'm I'm like processing because I think that's so beautiful. And that is my, one of my favorite quotes for like a very similar reason. I think people find mm -hmm. quotes in their life that kind of relate to their experiences, you know, that say, okay, someone can relate, someone understands, like this yeah. perfectly sums up my life. <laughs> yes, exactly. And it, it really became a guiding, a guiding mantra for me. I distilled it into radiate from within and that that's our, that's really for us on earth, that's all of our dharma, is to discover that inner light that exists within all of us and then just radiate that out to the world. So you had, you know, kind of a difficult childhood and had a hard time in college. I mean, you said college was one of the darkest times and one of the hardest times in your life. So this might be kind of a difficult question, but if you could go back and offer yourself one piece of advice, what would it be? Mm, I love this question because this is a practice that I do a lot with my coaching clients and for myself frequently. I think that I would tell, you know, younger Anna, I love you. I would give her a big old hug. <laughs> I would tell her that you are enough exactly as you are and you are worthy of the greatest life you could ever imagine and and just to focus on loving yourself that you naturally have the love for others that will never go away you always have that and what if i told you that you could be better at loving others by loving yourself by taking care of yourself mm. Oh my gosh, that's so strong and so powerful. And I think, you know, the easiest advice you can go back and tell your younger self is that it's all going to be okay. This is going to pass. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think about that all the time, like telling my younger self, well, guess what? You live in LA. You, This is what you get to do on a daily basis. Um, I, she would just be, she would be blown away. She would be so excited and she would be so floored. So a lot of the women who listen to this podcast, so it is focused on female entrepreneurs. And I think something that kind of comes with the entrepreneurial lifestyle and it's kind of tied together is that there's burnout, that people are burning the candle at both ends, that they're overwhelmed. So in your practice, what is one thing someone can incorporate into their daily life to feed their soul and 
feel more fulfilled and maybe take a step away from that stress that might be causing them chronic stomach pain and they just don't know that's the cause of it? Mm, such a great question. To me, it's so essential as as not just entrepreneurs, but as people, as women, to have some time every single day to connect with your soul or with your inner being. And this looks like for a lot of people meditation, taking some time to be totally alone in a completely quiet space as much as that's possible. And part of the exercise of this is being willing to request from the people in your life, your family, your partner, etc., to have that space knowing that you deserve that. So one part of it is yes, of course, having some time in silence and just listening to yourself, being able to listen to what comes up, what your soul is saying, what your body is saying, right? Tapping in. And the other part of it is very practically being able to set some boundaries for yourself because boundaries for yourself and for others are loving. And this is a way that you communicate to the people around you that you matter and that um, you can't, like you said, burn the candle at both ends. You can't pour from an empty cup. We can say it a thousand different ways, mm -hmm. but really you can't give anyone else what you don't give to yourself. So mm -hmm. that's, that's my best advice. Yeah. And that's fantastic advice. And I need your advice about meditation because it is so hard for me to turn my brain off. I like can't do it. This is, I'm so glad you said this, Erica, because meditation, I think, first of all, when I started, oh my Lord, I could not sit for five minutes. I was fidgeting. I mean, I have had the most active brain and I still do have a really, really active mind. That also means, and I teach about this in a masterclass I teach called Make Anxiety Your Superpower, that if you have an active mind, it means it's really strong. So just like you would, you would go to the gym, it's taking your mind to the gym and saying, hey, bud, I want to be friends with you. I don't want to battle against you. This is not punishment right? This is, I'm going to befriend my mind. So the best advice I can give for you is that your mind, it's never going to be clear that unless you're dead. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so <laughs> take some time in meditation to maybe focus on one particular mantra and keep coming back to that mantra. Even if that mantra is, and this is one of my favorites, it's one of the simplest, I am loving awareness and just repeating that again and again. Maybe it's I love you, Erica, is the mantra, right? And using that time to meditate on love for yourself. Maybe it's where I live is here and now. And just returning to the, pre to the present moment and that act of coming back when the mind wanders, because it always will, it just wants to, that's what it does. It thinks is bringing it back is the mindfulness, bringing it back is the meditation bicep curl. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, that is a fantastic way to explain it. And I think 
you know, with people who who struggle with mindfulness and stuff like that, I just keep thinking about when do I have my best ideas? And I have my mm. ideas when I'm in the shower and I'm not doing anything except shaving my legs. So it's just, you know, I'm doing something, but my mind's wandering. And that's when I have my best ideas because it's, you know, or I'm cooking and I'm chopping something, you know, like if you think about when you're cleaning something up, the routine of it, your mind mm -hmm. can wander because your body's active, but your mm -hmm. mind is allowed to relax. Absolutely. You're in you're in flow state. It's it's the same thing like take a walk, right? When you're on a walk, when all the things that you named are, are those exact spaces. And I would recommend walking meditation, just a nice, even slow paced walk, focusing on the way that you move through space. And I think the temptation is to say, well, I want to listen to music. I, you know, I want to listen to my, my podcast or my audio book. Those things are wonderful, obviously. And I do think it's especially important for all of us to, so that we can kind of peel back those layers, those mental layers to give ourselves some time that is silent, right? And see what the mind comes up with when there's some spaciousness, when there's some room to breathe when there's not so many other opinions kind of filtering in. Mm -hmm. And I feel like in, in times of craziness and anxiety, that's kind of the only way you can feel whole, you know, mm -hmm. get away from everything. Yeah, absolutely. And know that, that that eye of the storm, that peaceful place, that can be cultivated within you. It can be right here because let's be real. The world's not getting any less crazier ever. <laughs> if there's any guarantee we have, it's that the world is chaos. So let, let the calm place, let the stable place be your inner space. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Make, allow that to be your center. Hmm. Great advice. <laughs> So Anna, I want you to walk us through a normal day in your life, if there even is such a thing as a normal day. <laughs> I love this. I love this question. So my day starts around mm, 7, 7.30, around there. I wake up naturally. The first thing I do is usually I do a little bit of shaking and just kind of shake my body out, get the wiggles out and say that today is the best day ever. <laughs> I, I say this out loud every single morning. Today is the best day ever. I'm so thankful for this day. And then I meditate. I have a, a little Zen zone. I have my yoga meditation room and, you know, light a candle, bring my journal. Sometimes I'll make some coffee. I love the the mushroom coffee with little adaptogens. It's not like so caffeinated, but it's a little, a little something in the morning. And I meditate for an hour. First thing. And this is my, that's my time to just center myself. It's, it is that time that allows me to, to serve so deeply. Um, after I meditate all, I'll usually move for a little bit, do some yoga, do some dance for maybe 30 minutes after. And then I take a couple of minutes just to jot down uh, my vision for the day, what 
I want to create today. It's not so much a to-do list. Usually I have a few, a few to-dos that I write the night before to kind of guide my day. And most days, sometime in the mid to late morning, um, after probably a little bit of breakfast, I lead maybe a live meditation, um, hop into the Facebook group, share some things, check in with a couple of clients over text, and usually have a few sessions, a few of my, my VIP gals um, over Zoom, usually. And by the afternoon, I'm kind of ready to take a little break, make some lunch, maybe a big salad, take it out uh, by the cabanas, you know, just have a little outside time, a little reset. Um, also, I'm just realizing this day does look a little bit different when, you know, current present circumstances mm-hmm. <laughs> are not as such, but uh, that's this is how my days have been. And then usually I'll have maybe one or two more clients in the afternoon, depending on what day it is, I might have like a group program session. So a group call. And then in the evening, I love to cook, I like to take an evening walk around the lake. Um, After dinner, then usually it's just time to maybe read a little bit, maybe watch a little something. Um, just relax, do do whatever's feeling good, maybe hot tub, <laughs> maybe bath, something like that, and and call it a day. That's a very yeah, if I that's kind of like the summation of most of my days. It's like the average. I mean that sounds <laughs> fantastic. I think I'm going to be hopping on a plane when this all passes to LA and live a day in your life. <laughs> come on over. Yes, come on over. That sounds incredibly more relaxing than my day. I just had quite a week. So that sounds very, very nice right now. (laughs) For sure. And it's, you know, I just saw myself that I was believing a lie that in order to be successful, you had to be busy or Mm -hmm. in order to be successful, you had to work as hard as you absolutely could. And what I'm seeing is I'm much more a contribution when my life has ease built in when I have the space for the practices that allow me to show up. And, you know, some days, some days I'm doing more content creation and I'm writing and I'm, and I'm making some videos. Um, Other, other days are even more relaxed. Today was a full one with (laughs) two podcasts and one day. And you better believe that after this, I'm going to get a massage. (laughs) I am so happy you said that because I hate the perception that busy equals successful. I have seen it so many times in my life where I don't want to like talk negatively because that's not my personality, but where people are just, they're so busy, they're overbooked, they're trying to do it all and they don't realize they're not doing it well. Like they're forgetting things, they're making things more difficult actually for everyone else because they're trying to do too much yeah I think it's you know I think it's a pervasive phenomenon in our culture and I think it's really a myth to keep us playing small 
um, and, and kind of dependent on some of the things. Cause you know, Lord only knows when you're that busy, you have to find other ways to cope. Right. And I think it's, you know, I don't, I don't blame anyone for living that because that was me for a long time. And I just thought one day, I wonder if this could be different for me. I wonder if it would make a difference and, and was willing to, and, and, and chose it and designed the structures in my life, you know, the support. I think that's a huge piece of it that this whole like solopreneur thing is, is not even a thing. You always have people who are supporting you and that, it's it's the sign of a great leader who really does the thing that they're best at most of the time mm. and that the other things can be delegated and and give another person an opportunity to support you so that we can all win mhm mm yeah. I mean, delegation, talk about a skill that needs to be learned for most people, myself included. <laughs> Absolutely. It's, you know, my best advice for that is just starting small, starting with the low hanging fruit, the things in your business that um, the things that irk you the most or the thing that you think when you're doing them, wow, I could be spending my time so much better than doing this thing right now is a great place to start. Mm hmm. So I'm really curious, what is a book, a resource, or a podcast that you love and want to share with the audience? Oh, my goodness. So, so many come to mind. Mm -hmm. And I think, I think the one I want to share is The Four Agreements, which is a book by Don Miguel Ruiz. And I read this in my yoga teacher training. I've read it many times since then. I've given many copies to people. It is so simple. It Anyone listening to this podcast could read it in an afternoon, easy. And it explains a lot about life. And it's it's really, it's based on four agreements. And I mean, I can I can spoil it for you here. They're very simple. It's basically, always do your best, don't make any assumptions. And it's, you know, really just the simplest way of life to go through. And I think starting with those two is a great step. <laughs> mm -hmm. Always do your best and don't make any assumptions. I'm like, this always happens to me. What are the other two? You'll have to read the book. Yep, exactly. <laughs> you have to get the book. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. That's oh, this is it. Don't take anything personally. Oh, my God. That's oh God. the biggest one. And then, I know, it's, it's a doozy. And then be impeccable with your word. Um, mm -hmm. But to find out why and really what those mean, read the book. It'll take you no more than a couple of hours, anyone uh, listening. And it's so simple and it's something really beautiful to live by. It can bring a lot of magic into your life. That's fantastic. I'm going to have to pick that up because that sounds, I mean, wow. Talk about four things that are very much easier said than done. 
Oh, absolutely. And so much peace, so much peace to be had from something that are, you know, not easy, but simple concepts, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, absolutely. So my last question is, if someone's listening to this episode, and they want to connect with you, where can they find you? Mm, great question. I am most often on Instagram. My handle is I am Anna Cantwell. So you can connect with me there. Also, my website is super simple. It's AnnaCantwell.com. A-N-N-A-C-A-N-T-W-E-L-L.com. Those are the best places to reach out to me. And if anything that I shared, if any part of my story resonated, I'd love to hear from you. I'd love to connect and just get to know uh, the listeners a little bit more. Well, perfect. And I'll be sure to include that and then the four agreements in the show notes as well. So people can check it out. But I really hope people have the opportunity to connect with you because this was such a great episode. And just talking to you for this short period already makes me feel like my Friday is I'm de-stressing and I'm ready to go into the weekend. Uh, I love to hear it, Erica. I'm sending you so much love. And I'm so grateful that we got this time together for your great questions and it's really it's really been such a pleasure 